God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, At the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Welcome to By Design here on American Family Radio. So glad to be with you today for this episode of By Design. My name is Walker Wildman, and my wife Lexi has done some of these episodes with me, but she's not here with me today. Uh, my wife Lexi, we have four uh, young boys together. And um, the oldest is five, and the youngest is just, I don't know, four months old at this point. So um, four boys, um, five and under. So we have our our quiver full, and my wife is uh, very busy being uh, being the uh, one of the primary caregivers with me of our four boys. And so she's not here with me today, uh, but Lexi has done a couple of these episodes with me, so we'll miss her today. Uh, but maybe we'll have her back in the future. Well, uh, once again, my name is Walker Wildman. This is uh, By Design here on American Family Radio. And just to give you a little backgrounder of By Design, uh, By Design is a project of the American Family Association, and the American Family Association, otherwise known as AFA, is the parent ministry of American Family Radio. So the program you're listening to now is produced by American Family Radio, and American Family Radio is a division, is the broadcast division, the broadcast ministry of American Family Association. So that's the connection there. And uh, and the the show began, you know, um, about a year or two ago. Uh, the idea was brought about to have a project, to have a show uh, here on American Family Radio that is focused on God's design for marriage and family. And so that's what we cover here each week on By Design. Our motto, our slogan, if you will, is one man, one woman uh, for life. And that's not novel. That's not proprietary. Uh, It is to God. It is proprietary to God. He is the author, the creator of the institution that we call, that God calls marriage and God defines marriage as a lifelong covenant between one man and one woman uh, and uh, with the goal of being fruitful and multiplying. That's what Scripture says about uh, raising, bearing and raising children is to be fruitful and multiply. So we hope to give you sound advice, sound counsel directly from the Word of God as it relates to marriage and family. We want to build strong marriages. We want to build strong families in this country and around the world uh, because uh, the family is not only one of the core institutions that God created, but it also is critical to the health and the well-being of a nation. I mean, you look throughout human history where families flourish uh, the nation often also flourishes where the family is degraded, is de-emphasized, is de- destroyed, um, that uh, nation typically falls in uh, human history. So the family is critical for multiple reasons, the primary reason being that God created it. Well, hey, today on the show, by the way, you can check out our website, afa.net forward slash by design. 
afa.net forward slash by design. Not only will you get this episode there, but you'll also get some of our latest videos and our latest challenge for couples out there. You'll also get blogs, articles as it relates to marriage. So afa.net forward slash by design. That's the go-to place, one-stop shop for all things by design. Well, today I want to talk about finances because this is a a very important topic, a topic that God himself addresses in his word, finances, what to do with money. And, uh, you know, people fall at different places as far as their maturity with money, their knowledge of money, you know, what's the purpose of money in an economy, what's the purpose of money in our life, in our families. And so we're going to talk through that today. I think it's very important, not just in this time in America, but throughout all times of life, as a couple, as a married couple, how do we handle our finances? And you look at surveys out there, and there are, you know, pretty much all surveys as far as these these studies, these surveys that are put together that ask couples, hey, like, what's the what's the top issue that you and your spouse deal with? What's the top issue that you and your spouse discuss? Oftentimes, uh, the studies go after, you know, what's the, the number uh, one or two issue for divorce in America? And on virtually all of these studies and surveys, finances are up towards the top. You know, maybe not on every one of them, they are the number one issue. But on the vast majority of studies and surveys about divorce and marriage conflict and marriage in general, uh, finances and money uh, is right there up at the top as far as an issue that couples uh, either struggle with, deeply care about, or discuss often in their marriage relationship. So we want to get, we want to talk about this today. We don't want to gloss over it. We want to talk about it, and uh, hopefully give you some sound wisdom as far as how to handle uh, your finances. Jumping to scripture, we always got to root our opinions, root our view in God's word because we want to have a biblical worldview. We want to have a biblical worldview because if if we try to cover the issue of money detached from God's word, what are we going to do? Well, I'm going to waste your time. I'm going to give you a bunch of opinions, subjective opinions, and it's not going to leave a, an impact. It's not going to have a meaningful impact. So we got to root our views uh, in God's word. That's what it means to have a biblical worldview. So the topic here is is, is finances from a biblical worldview. So let's start in Scripture today on by design. Um, let's see. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Here's what 1 Corinthians has to say about stewardship and stewards. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. So once again, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Here's what it says. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. So if you are stewarding, you can steward various things. But today we're talking about finances or money. If we are uh, to be stewards, we need to be trustworthy. All right, so that's what Scripture says about being stewards. So if we are stewarding our family's finances, then we need to do so in a trustworthy manner. Moving down to, let's see, Titus. Let's go to the book of Titus, and let's see what the book of Titus has to say 
about being a steward, being an overseer. Here's what Titus chapter 1, verse 7 through 9 say. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Talking about contradicting the word of God. So in order to be an overseer, to be a leader, to be a steward, uh, we need to be, what Scripture says, hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. So moving to, let's go to 1 Timothy. All right, so what does 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 have to say about finances? And this is primarily aimed at husbands, dads. Listen to this. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Strong words directly from Scripture. 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. Listen to this one more time. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, we're talking to dads out there, we're talking to husbands, and especially for members of his household, He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So the husbands out there listening to this show by design, the dads out there listening to by design, God has called you and I to be the providers of our family. And we could get into the other roles of a husband, the other roles of a dad, protector, so on and so forth, spiritual lead in the home. But for this show, we're talking about finances. So It is the primary duty for fathers, for husbands, to provide for uh, his family. And um, not just financially, but also basic needs, shelter, food, so on and so forth. Uh, Let's see. The last scripture I want to cite before we jump into some practical advice for the show today. Once again, you are listening to... By design here on American Family Radio. My name is Walker Wildman, and uh, we're here to promote God's design for marriage and family, and to and to help couples build a more godly marriage, and have and build a more flourishing family through the help of God and His Word. Uh, the last scripture that I want to uh, cite today, uh, as it relates to finances, is Hebrews chapter thirteen, verse five. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, keep your life free from the love of money or from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Talking about the words of Jesus and the words of God. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And that's important. So scripture says that we're supposed to keep our life free from love of money. So we're supposed to keep our life in proper order, and we're supposed to keep our priorities in order according to God's Word. But nowhere in Scripture are you going to find anything about how money is evil, how, as believers, we should have nothing to do with money. It doesn't say that. No, it says keep your life free from love of money, meaning 
idolizing money. We don't need to do that. We need to keep money in its proper place, and we need to understand what it is intended to be used uh, for. So money is a tool as Christians that we can use uh, for various purposes. You can use money. Money is an amoral thing. Money is an amoral thing, meaning money is not inherently evil or inherently good. All right, money is a tool that can be used for good, and that's what we should be focused on, or money can be used for evil. You can use money for a variety of things, purposes, etc. And so as Christians, we need to use our finances to be good stewards and to honor God with that which we have. Well, to give some practical advice, let's do that today. Let's jump into some ways that maybe— you and your spouse, husband and wife together, um, can be better stewards of your money, be better stewards of that which God has entrusted uh, you with. Well, I've got to say, and um, this is interesting because we either have like the hardcore fans, and you'll get what I'm saying in a minute, or we have people who are like, I just don't like him. I just don't like him. All right, I'm talking Dave Ramsey. (laughs) I'm talking Dave Ramsey. So I've got to admit that I'm a Dave Ramsey fan. I am a Dave Ramsey fan. And, um, you know, I talk to some people and they'll say, you know, I just don't like Dave Ramsey. And a lot of people don't like Dave Ramsey just because he's very blunt, very upfront. He doesn't really parse words. (laughs) He just tells you what's on his mind. And some people love that. Some people hate it. That's up to you. But nonetheless, Dave Ramsey's a longtime uh, financial advisor and – he uh, heads up Ramsey Solutions. He has a Dave Ramsey show, so on and so forth. But one of the things he's he's very well known for is the the seven baby steps. The seven baby steps. These are financial uh, uh, bullet points that that families, many families, follow as a way to build wealth, as a way to build wealth and be good stewards of their finances. So, I've gone through Dave Ramsey's courses. I've read his books. And I follow many of his baby steps. And so let's go through some of these today. So these are not my baby steps. These are Dave Ramsey's baby steps. But we're going to go through them. And then I also have another source that we'll look at uh, this show as it relates to finances. So, you know, one thing that I appreciate about Dave Ramsey is he does keep it simple. You know, he keeps it simple. He doesn't go up, you know, at 40,000 feet. Uh, I'm sorry, he doesn't go below 40,000 feet and make things complicated and you got to be a financial advisor and you need to be an investor and you need to go to school for six years. You know, he keeps it very, very uh, rudimentary and simple. And it really helps a lot of families and has helped a lot of families in this country uh, to uh, properly steward their finances. And by the way, Dave Ramsey is a believer. He is a Christian. He's a professed believer. So that's important as well. You know, where are we getting our advice from? We need to get our advice from people who subscribe to a biblical world view. So let's go through Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps, and then we'll jump to another resource and wrap up this segment. But as far as how how couples should handle their finances, here are, here are Dave Ramsey's seven baby steps. The first one is that couples should save $1,000 for a starter emergency fund. That's baby step one, save $1,000 for a starter emergency fund, this can be used if you have a flat tire, if um, one of your home appliances break, although that costs probably be more than $1,000. 
Uh, but if you have an unexpected event where you just need cash to uh, for an emergency, uh, Dave Ramsey says, first baby step, save $1,000 for your starter emergency fund. Baby step number two, pay off all debt. And then in parentheses, accept the house <laughs> using the debt snowball. So many of us listening, if we're adults and we have bills and we have families and we have children, you know, you hear somebody say, pay off all your debt. You're like, wow, that's like an impossible task. But it's really not. It can be done over time. Uh, so Dave Ramsey's baby step number two is pay off all debt in parentheses, except the house using the debt snowball. So you got car loans. We've all been there before. You have car loans. You have Hopefully not, but some people get out loans on lawnmowers and refrigerators and mattresses and all kind of stuff. So Dave Ramsey says, look, pay off all your debt except for the house. That's baby step number two. Uh, Baby step number three. By the way, baby step number two is one of the hardest, paying off all your debt. Baby step number three, save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Wow. Wow. So add up what you make, what you earn over the course of three to six months and uh, and stock that away in an emergency fund should you lose your job, should the economy go south, or other reasons, other predicaments that you may be put in, other situations. Uh, Dave Ramsey says, baby step number three, save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Once again, today on By Design, we're talking finances, we're talking stewardship, and uh, we, we already looked at Scripture and what God's Word has to say about us being uh, good stewards. But I want to also tell you what others say about being good stewards, about what Christians say, uh, the type of, of, of tactics or the type of advice that has helped them in their quest to be good stewards of that which God has entrusted them. All right, so Dave Ramsey, his fourth baby step, Invest 15% of your household income in retirement. Invest 15% of your household income in retirement. All right, so you add up what you, your spouse, everybody in your household is making in a year or in a month period, and then 15% of that needs to be going into retirement. All right, that way you can retire and uh, be able to live happily, be able to live comfortably, and hopefully be able to be generous uh, with your children and grandchildren down the road. So that's baby step number four. Baby step number five is to save for your children's college fund. Save for your children's college fund. And, you know, this isn't as popular. Well, many of these things aren't as popular, but, you know, baby step number five, saving for your children's college fund is probably not the most popular way to pay for college. You know, many people 